Everyone, we're back, 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 back. Beep, 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 boom. <laughs> Welcome back. It is scaring is sharing. It's the place where we share our scares with each other and you. Isn't that nice? Yep. And you're one of our miraculous hosts, Jeremy the Sasquatch Slim Rusk. The original Sasquatch. The original. The I'm OG. claiming that. I'm claiming that at some point I really need to look into like, can I get the trademark on that, you know, apply to the uh, <laughs> trademark office and own it. And you are none other than the notorious, possibly nefarious, the flaming scream queen, Brandy Joe Plambeck. You got it. Jeremy, so we took a little break. Felt like forever. It did. It felt like <laughs> ages. I um, watched how... so many movies. Me too. It's like we need like five hours just to talk about all of them. Yes. How was your holiday season? It felt like a blur, but also not long enough at the same time. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, that's that really. But I got a lot of movies in because I had big strings of days off from work. So I just spent all that time watching movies as much as I could. So uh, my viewing was all over the place. Yeah. Well, we went to Florida and all I got was this stupid COVID. So life oh, you could got be the, worse. You got it? I found out today. Oh, exciting. Good times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Joe really didn't want to go to Florida. I mean, because it's Florida and it's like a hotbed in the world right now, just everywhere yeah. is. Mm -hmm. And, but like, you know, he went because it was, you know, my parents like took us on vacation and I started to feel sick. And then I was like, didn't want to tell him because it was like his birthday. And then he started to feel sick. And, uh, and then we got home and he went to get tested today and it was positive. And then I did a self-test. And of course, I mean, if he is like, I mean, we're around each other all the time. So yeah, good times. I, yep. We uh, we just danced around that ourselves with, you know, from like a family party that Sarah and I were not at. But then afterwards, we found out someone was like, I'm now positive. So everyone should get tested that saw me there. And we, my parents were there. We just just seen my parents. Mm. Um, but so far, nobody's gotten sick. Miraculously, we've all danced around this thing quite a bit and still haven't gotten it. So, well, that's good. Um, I mean, both Joe's and myself were both vaxxed and boosted. And, you know, if you're listening, I hope you do those things. I mean, it is your body. So you will do what you want, whatever, whatever you do what you want. But um, highly recommend it. Uh, luckily, I did not lose any taste. I'm knocking on wood right now, my head. Mm -hmm. uh, so Joe did, and that's unfortunate. Like, I just have, like, a headache that kind of won't go away, and I'm a little sniffly, and um, yeah, so whatever. Yeah, my main issue is the older I get, the worse things like my allergies, my seasonal allergies get, and things like that, so... Uh, it, this it's been not good the last couple of years where I'm like, I got the Rona. It's, it's happening. I have it. And then it's like, Nope, that's just allergies. Just turns out my nose doesn't work. Right. So. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'm, it could have happened when we were doing shows and we would have had to cancel and that's like a financial loss as opposed to now it's just sort of a mental loss. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'll take it, but you know what? Let's not talk about those horrors anymore, but yeah. Jeremy, we are in a new year. It is 2022. That's a lot of twos. So if two is your lucky number, this is your year. I hope. I really hope. 
And you're probably not going to live to be make it to 2,222. So eat it up while you can. This, that's this is your year. Also, if you're a fan of just number two in general, I guess, you know, <laughs> this, is, this is your year. And February 22nd at 222 is really going to be your year. Or 2222, all that too. Or at 1022, which in military time, 10 p.m., would be 2222. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm terrible with military time. So I am too. I, I think I, that's right. I, I think that's I right. think you are right. Uh, I always have to do it. I was like, what is 2200 hours? Okay, you add from 12, blah, 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 blah. It kills me. So, so the first thing I want to do is I want to talk about our tops and bottoms, as we're calling it. And I'm going to throw yes. a plug out once more to, um, to It's Only a Podcast. Listen to their 666 episode, which I've not done yet. But they, they go over their list of the top six and the bottom six movies of the year. And then everyone writes in and does the same. Um, but we call ours tops and bottoms. And we do this with the movies... We gave that were assigned to us this year and yes. not necessarily to the overall movies because, as I mentioned before, I'm still working through a very lengthy list. So I will come up with my top 10 of 2021, but I am not ready to do that now. Good, good. And I probably won't ever do it because I <laughs> feel like doing these top lists of years of like, it's just a fool's errand and I changed my mind so much. I used to like in college, I. I got a notebook somewhere that in the move and going through my stuff, I found a list where I had started writing like my all time favorite movies. And it's got like a hundred friggin' things on it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sure I don't like half of these as much as I like, why even do this? So I'm very fluid in yes. uh, what I like. Uh, I like movie wise. So anyway, um, this was hard too, just coming up with a few movies. <laughs> well, let's, I'm going to start us off by saying what the people felt what our viewers felt, which oh, cool. is strictly based on the amount of times an episode was downloaded and listened to, okay. which I think a lot of that comes from what the movies are, what the movies are, that episode, uh, the the popularity of them. And you never really know. You can assume, you know, it's this one or that one when it does really well, but mm -hmm. you also don't know. And there's some surprises in here. I'm okay. going to say, I mean, I think I've shared one of them with you. That's a surprise. So I shouldn't have done that, but our bottom three episodes and two of these are newer. So hmm. it could that just could... be a time base that not enough time has passed for them to reach their full stride. Yeah. 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 But coming. So we had 50 episodes in 2021, which is very exciting. Jeremy, I got to say. Yeah. It's a lot. So coming in at number 48 is episode 26, which was seconds your pick and oculus my pick oh so i think oculus like i think seconds i'd never heard of it before so i think some of it could just come from people not knowing it although it's, sometimes those rare films get listened to more because yeah. people are like no one ever talks about this movie but yeah hmm. but those are good no, movies too they are good movies number 49 is a recent one which is the nightmare before christmas and curtains which shocks me. I really thought just based on the Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, in general, that, that would have bigger numbers out of the gates, but maybe it will pick up over time. Maybe. And number 50 is also a newer one, Possessor Uncut and Christmas Evil. Mm. So That's there you go. Those are the, the bottom three as the from the people. From the people. Yeah, I mean, that one's not surprising. I feel like Possessor was not necessarily a big name. Mm -hmm. Christmas Evil, as much as like, the dedicated horror blogs have been talking about it recently. It's still way under the radar. Like that's an obscure flick, I think, to the main 
even a lot of the main horror public, I think, don't necessarily know it unless you're exposed to it. So indeed. All right. And coming in on top, number three had a tie. Episode number 42, which was Pumpkinhead and Ernest Scared Stupid, which was her birthday episode. (laughs) Hey, both my picks, my birthday episode. Wow. Um, And that tied with episode 51, which was Good Old Halloween Kills. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, though, because that was, you know, a big movie of the moment. Yep. Number two was episode 20, which was when Nick the Knife was on, and that was Possession and Piercing, a little P and P. I was razzing uh, Nick. I saw Nick uh, not that long ago, hug out with him uh, over the weekend. Uh, and I was I was razzing him about that. Like, why is your episode <laughs> so downloaded? I was like, did you go out there and tell people like everyone you knew to like listen to the episode or something? Or are there, there are people with Nick Kostriba uh, notifications on their phone? I mean, phone? that's got to be part of it. And the other part, I think, is possession. I think it's one of those movies where, unlike Seconds, I think it is like a lesser known film. But I think that it's also known. It has a cult yeah. following that is very strong. I can buy and, that because yeah. it's getting, um, it just celebrated last year, some sort of anniversary year, I believe. Was it? 40th anniversary or something yeah like that. i feel like you talked about that that rings a bell and it uh it's getting played all over the fucking place i was seeing screenings and notifications for film festivals doing uh you know retro screenings of it so like people are eating that movie up again yep and number one do you know what number one is because i've told you before i think you told me let's pretend let me act shocked <laughs> when you say it it is episode 44 the night house still can't believe it i still can't believe it. not believe it it's so weird just because like it wasn't a huge hit like halloween kills like people no. saw it but i don't understand why that one rises above all other episodes i think it was like a mediocre release as far as like you know uh, box office numbers. I don't think it was a big deal. Advertising was kind of like it had a big advertising push. I remember, and then it just vanished real quick. So I, like, yeah. I wouldn't think people would be like, "Ooh, the Night House," and it's not like that. <laughs> and it got generally like you know middle of the road reviews. I feel like like I don't think it really elicited a strong even the debate over it because we were kind of divided, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like a super heated debate of like, this is genius. This is garbage. Like it kind of was just like, it's okay. Eh. So it, I don't know what that's it about. It is popping up on a lot of top 10 best lists of heart really? this year. Yes. Or for last those, year for 2021. Those, those people are fools. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fine. It, I'll spoiler. Yeah. It will not be on my top 10 when that top 10 comes around. Okay. All right, so now let's do our tops and bottoms. And I've been okay. talking a lot, so you start us off, whichever. And I have some honorable and dishonorable mentions. You don't have to, but I do. I do too, because I did five for both. I didn't realize oh, okay. we were doing three. I did my top fives. Okay. Uh, and I, I've totally blanked on. But what I, so how I'm going to do this is I'm going to start with my tops. I'm going to give you my top three, and then I'm going to do two honorable mentions. Okay. And so. Starting at number three, my number three from last year is The Wolf of Snow Hollow, Mm. which I I totally forgot about until I was re-reviewing the list of movies we did. And I was like, that was an incredible movie. Like, it stuck with me. I've told a lot of people about it, that they need to see it, that it's, you know, not your ordinary. uh, It's designed to be a monster movie, but it's really something more than that. So, um, Yep. I don't really want to spoil anything, you know, too much in this episode talking about these. So people either go back and listen to the old episode where we did Wolf of Snow Hollow uh, or go out and watch it. Highly and then recommend listen. It. Yeah. And then listen. Highly recommend it. Okay. 
Now, something a little funny is going to happen here. Uh, in my number two and number one spots are actually two movies that I went back and looked at them. And for some reason, I rated both of them just four stars. And I, You and, and went I, back and listened to your ratings for all of them? No, 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 not all of them. Oh, okay. I, just, I just looked up these p- specific movies because they okay. jumped to mind. And I was like, wait, what did I rate these? And I'm like, I gave both of these four. Like, am I insane? Like, that's wrong. Uh, because retroactively, they've stuck with me. Ever since we watched them, I kept thinking about them. I was like, I need to watch these again as soon as possible. These are amazing. Uh, so retroactively, I'm bumping them up to five stars each. Oh. Uh, in number two is Midsummer, Because mm. uh, that was just incredible. Like, I've yes. been thinking about that movie ever since I watched it. It's, in, it's living in my brain space. And I'm like, why did I give it four? Well, because sometimes you're overwhelmed by a work of art like Midsummer <laughs> is. And you don't know what to exactly feel about it. And now I'm like, it's genius. Uh, and number one is Possession. Oh. Because that was another one. I gave it a four. And much like Midsummer, I think I was just like overwhelmed. And I was like, I don't know how to feel about this movie. But I know it was like good. It was well made. So mm-hmm. I feel like Possession, it just keeps creeping in. And I keep thinking about it a lot. So um, that's my number one. That that ooh, nice. messed up my brain in a good way. And what were your honorable mench? And my honorable mentions were... Uh, extraordinary mm, yeah that it. was a very good movie another one i forgot that we had done and it's it, it's well worth your time everyone uh and train to busan yes which was just fantastic it's another movie that probably if i give it another watch i'll probably bump that up to like a five star movie as well because it's another one that i keep thinking about after having watched it i'm like it had so much good stuff in it so if you like zombie movies uh watch train to busan Nice. All right. Now I'm going to give you my bottom three. Okay. Bottoms. Okay. Cool. Go back and forth. I'm going to do my bottom three and my dishonorable mentions that didn't quite make it were ATM, which is our guest Chris gave us Mm -hmm. the burbs because you know, I'm not a fan Mm -hmm. (laughs) and new year's evil, which I just think was so sort of meh. (laughs) And I just rewatched that for my annual viewing. Uh, did you and like it? Yeah, I, I actually bumped up its rating. Now it's okay. got a solid three on my letterbox because I'm just like, didn't I didn't do enough. I don't know what it is about it. We'll get to it. You know what? I'll revisit that in a minute. <laughs> All right. So my bottom three at number 48 is the ice cream man which oh. I wanted to like. And I didn't go through and like listen to my ratings. My ratings yeah. would be all or over the place. I just went back through and sort of went off my gut instinct. Sure. But I wanted the ice cream man to be like fun bad, not like just bad 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 bad, bad. <laughs> so i was not a fan of that so that's uh-huh. my number 48 number 49 is return to newcomb high because mm. i liked the og but i thought that remake or that sequel reboot whatever the hell it was whatever it was was so bad bad again bad bad but it didn't even have like little bits of kind of fun like the ice cream man i just thought it was horrible and then number 50 was devil's night dawn of the nain rouge (laughs) because that is a piece of trash and it was a fun piece of trash but still like there's no way i could put that any higher than in last place (laughs) yes all right that you know i gotta revisit hold put a pin in that because i'm coming back to new year's (laughs) evil and ice cream man when we move on to another segment so okay anyway so my bottoms my bottoms your All bottoms. Right. My dishonorable mentions uh, are going to be uh, the remake 
of Shutter. Ah, because uh, the more I've thought about it, the more I'm like. That's not a good movie. Sorry, teacher Drew. But you, made us, <laughs> you made us watch something that I'm like. The more time passes, the more I'm like, that was an awful movie. And my but other it was dis- good for the it was good for the the for the, the moment compar- for the moment for the comparison of the two. Yes, yeah, like that you. was a worthwhile like um adventure. So, teacher Drew, I say thank you, but also no thank you. Um, <laughs> and my other dishonorable mention is the Mother's Day remake. Uh, Ah, which is another one that like, I feel like I was kind of for, I gave it a low rating. I went back and looked at my letterbox. I gave it a two. Um, But like, I feel like that was generous. Actually, the more I've thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever try to rewatch that movie. And so here we go. Now we get to the actual, what am I counting down from? From 48 to 50. Okay. So at 48 is Frontiers. Ah, yes. Uh, another flick that just like I didn't even think about it until after we kind of like razzed it in our episode. And then as I went back and looked at it, I'm like, yeah, no, that feels like it was like almost offensively bad to me. <laughs> My dislike of it was upsetting uh, the mm-hmm. more I think about it, because it's like this is just not a it's not a good movie. It just yep. tried to shock us for the sake of shock. And yeah, yeah, for me. No, nope. um, in 49 is Don't Breathe too. Ah, yeah, I can because that. Because I think that one is specifically, I have to put it in there because of the feeling of betrayal as a fan. <laughs> the first one is so good. Yeah. And I was so excited for it, for it to be so upsettingly not what I wanted. Yes. That it's it's got to get in there. And of course, at 50 is Devil's Night, The Rise of the Man Rouge, <laughs> which is like the worst fucking thing we've ever watched on this show. So, yep. uh, bar none. So I'm glad we're in agreement there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I mean, I would watch Halloween Kills before any of these. I know I like really hated it, but I hated it because I was so looking forward to it. Yeah. But like I would watch it before any of these films once again. Yeah, me too. I would rewatch that. Absolutely rewatch that than anything. And knowing how bad it is, I think I would have more fun with it. Yeah. Then this this stuff is just what I listed are movies I hope to never have to watch again. So (laughs) yes. All right. So my tops, my honorable mentions, there's quite a few that I really just couldn't quite put them in the top three, but I really wanted to. Scanners, Godzilla Mm. 2014, Mm. Near Dark. American Ooh. movie and the Toxic Avenger, all very solid flicks. That's super good. List and all right flicks there. you gave me. Number three is Day of the Dead because I oh, loved it. Wow! Did not yeah. think I was gonna love it, mm-hmm. and did not know it was gonna be as good as it was. I, I it just blew me away, and it's still just like in my mind. I just think of it, and I'm just like, that's a fucking great movie. I think we both gave it a five, if I remember too. That, that very episode. well could be. I need yeah. to like actually keep track of that, but I don't. Um, number two is from one of our guest Rex, and that is a girl walks home alone at night. I consider that. I considered that. I loved it. It's very much in my aesthetic of like a movie that's could be allegorical. It definitely is like a little bit more about the characterizations than anything else. I find that girl so good. It moved me. It was beautiful and black and white. It dealt with different culture. So I fucking loved it. And my number one is also Possession from Nick the (laughs) Night. Holy crap. <laughs> so our top and our ultimate bottoms are exactly the same. Exactly the same. How cool is that? Wow. We didn't plan it, people. We did not plan it. 
book ends but yes yeah. so that is fun i i mean there were lots of good ones and i i felt bad only putting one of the ones that you actually gave to me in the top three but like that whole other group like i i could have swapped them out on a different day for yeah, any of those right? absolutely i also really considered the new candy man i did too because yes. that's another one an honorable mention for that because i feel like my rating wasn't necessarily like stellar in the episode it was like a four maybe but it's another movie the longer i think about it the more i enjoy it and want to watch it again when i talk to people about it um and i like that it really pisses people off because there for some reason is <laughs> a very vocal like uh contingent out there that's like it's not that good and i'm like no i think it actually is it is it's divisive there's another word that's like divisive there's a discord yeah, there's, there's a, a, discord. a discord on on Candyman for sure, yeah. um, along with a film we'll be talking about later. There definitely yeah. is as well. So, uh, but yes, so many good movies. I'm so excited for another 50 ish this coming year. So, yeah, if we'll we see. keep the same recording schedule about it, it'll probably be 50 more this year. Yeah, so which is very exciting. Yeah. And I plan to go for another year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and here's hoping if the yeah, COVID let's... doesn't take me. Yeah, let's. I hope not. I hope not. And then I hope your ghostly presence comes back and <laughs> continues to do this with me. Just like Gabriel. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Ooh, okay. 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 All right. So we have some terrorgrams, and I'm going to kick it off because it sort of ties into what we just did. And it's from cool. Teacher Drew from Phoenix, who we love. Teacher Drew. Yeah, Teacher Drew. And Teacher Drew writes, My man. Hey, yeah, my man. And he writes, hey guys, I enjoy your podcast immensely and wanted to contribute to your end of the year episode. It was hard to narrow down, but I came up with my top movies that you shared. They were at number six, Oculus, number five, mm. Empedagor, number Ooh. four, The Night House, Divisive, mm -hmm. Divisive. number three, Quiet Place 2, Ooh. I'll forgive you for that teacher, Drew, yeah. number two, Possessor, and mm -hmm. number one, Train to Busan. There you go, man. Yep. And he says, so, thanks for an amazing year. Love to you both, Teacher Drew and Phoenix. And I'm not yucking on his yum. That was just my own personal feelings coming through in regards mm -hmm. to A Quiet Place 2. I would watch The Night House again a million times over before I watch Quiet Place 2 again. I would actually flip that for me. Would you? <laughs> I, would, okay. I would watch Quiet Place 2 before sitting through Night House again because... I just found the second half of Night House to be not what I wanted. So. I just love Rebecca Hall, and I think her performance was pretty good in it. So that's, I think, why. We went over the fact that I have a total man crush on Killian Murphy. So the fact that he's one of the leads of Quiet Place 2, I'll just watch it for him. <laughs> All right, so take it away. You have a telegram as well. Here's my telegram. Okay, the one you sent me goes... Um, Subject line is longish time listener, third time caller. Uh, and it goes, hello, I've been watching some of my favorite Christmas movies and would like to mention the so bad it's good Jack Frost, the corny 1997 horror flick, not the 1998 Michael Keaton ripoff, um, which like I've only seen that once. I think it was in, I saw it in college uh, and remember it being insanely ridiculous. So I need to revisit that. Uh, what are some of your favorite? How did this get made? movies keep it creepy jenny jenny that's why i said i want to come back to this because we just talked about a couple of my how did this get made movies i love ice cream man new year's <laughs> evil is another one there's just something about those bad slasher movies that 
I just find them hilarious. They're like as good as a good comedy to me. Like when I sit there and think about the logistics of who made this, who was the audience? Why did they do this and commit so hard to this vision? So, um, yeah, there's a lot of those like late nineties, early 2000 direct to video ones that are like that, like the ginger dead man. And there's like the killer stoner bong or some shit yeah, like, evil bong evil bong yeah yeah there's so much of it and i am a connoisseur of these things so you know i love from my holiday viewing that i was just talking about uh a few of those slipped in there one i'd love to give a shout out to is silent night deadly night for the initiation <laughs> uh which was totally insane has barely anything to do with christmas um <laughs> It's got like a cult of witches that are trying to create some kind of bug monsters. Uh, Clint Howard is in it, who I love. So, you know, it was insane. Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, man. Woo. What a a trip. Yeah, I guess I would love, and I cannot think of any right now to save my life, but I would like to hear from people or you or whomever, what are some movies that it's like, how on earth did this get made? And then how on earth is it as good as it is? That sort of a thing. Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 definitely is really? like surprisingly good for how okay. insane it is. Um, because I part of it, too, is I did watch Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, which I thought was absolutely terrible. And then 4 uh, was like, oh, this is a million times better than 3. So uh, I, I don't know, man. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I would love to know some more. And I definitely think we need to do Jack Frost next year for the hol- holiday season. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep it keep it in mind yeah keep it in mind because we need to do that one yep and jenny thank you so much thank you for listening happy new year you are fantastic i'm glad you're writing in and discovering us (laughs) soon you'll be a longish time listener longish time caller an efop yes so next i talked i plugged my good friend Russell Boyle a little bit ago. He's a tremendous artist, a great actor, and a, just a lovely man. I adore him. And he wrote in and said, Hey guys, love the show. This is probably two weeks too late, which is actually now probably a month too late, but that's fine. Uh, But I finally caught up with The Nightmare Before Christmas slash curtains taping and was really happy to hear that someone shares my affinity for Batman Returns as the ultimate Christmas adventure. That's you, right? Yep. It's got to be me. I don't remember (laughs) saying that, but I'm glad somebody can verify that I said that. I think he worded it a little more flowery than you did, but but I remember you saying something along those lines. Yes. (laughs) He continues, it's deliciously dark and festive with just the right amount of cinnamon and all the spice between Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keaton. Not to mention the iconic cinematography, killer clowns, Walken Mayer, and filthy bit player penguins combined with that Elfman score and face-to-face track by Susie and the Banshees, all sealing the deal for this Gen X heart. That being said, inspired by this podcast, I began the first rewatch of The Nightmare Before Christmas since I first saw it in the theater and was dismayed to find my excitement dwindling shortly after the opening number. I expected to remain riveted like a child or teenager, as I still am with Batman Returns, but instead found myself drifting to my phone. However, I still very much want to purchase the nightmare-themed operation game just for the artwork alone. I love the characters and will revisit them 
when next I feel in the mood. For whatever reason, in later years, animated films struggle to hold my attention. But I actually did pick up on the admiration and love Sally has for Jack right from the get-go, and that made me smile. Anyway, another unconventional Christmas movie I cherish above all else, other than Gremlins and the original Black Christmas, is Eyes Wide Shut by Kubrick. Not necessarily horror, and say what you will about Tom Cruise, but this movie suspends me in awe. Was curious if either of you have been affected negatively or positively by this flick, or have another movie that you pop on to get you in the sexy holiday spirit. Also, speaking of sexy or sexually inappropriate, I was so surprised that you didn't comment on Silent Night, Deadly Night this season. Or maybe that was last year. Curious about your thoughts on that as well. Sorry for rambling, but 100% agree that the poster art and ice skating scene in Curtains alone is probably the only reason why this movie gets any rotation at all. But when I was a stoner, damn did I have some obsessive evenings with that one. Thanks for keeping me company on my drive to work and keeping me far away from Santa's sleigh. Happy New Year. Thank you, Rasal. Oh, come and on, I man. You can give Santa sleigh at least one watch. <laughs> I have never seen Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I've seen it once or twice. I want to say I've viewed it at least twice. I would consider myself a Kubrick guy, like a lot of, you know, your run-of-the-mill film nerds where i usually into his body of work. But Eyes Wide Shut, it's a movie I desperately want to re-watch because it's gotten such critical re-evaluation uh, in recent years. Um, I've always, it kind of left me flat the last time I remember watching it and thinking um, it was like, possibly you know kubrick's like bottom of his filmography like down there where it was just you know not quite ready for prime time i thought like because he died while making it like it was that movie that you know i don't think he was officially finished with it when he died somebody else had to like finish editing it so uh i might be mistaken somebody correct me but i felt like it was technically still in post-production when he died but um yeah i mean i i should rewatch it i really want to rewatch it yeah, my friend of the podcast, Ben, loves Nicole Kidman. Like, that's an understatement. He worships her, I would say. Mm -hmm. So he's very fond of that film and cannot believe that I've not seen it. And someday I think I will, but I don't, I kind of know what to expect. And I also have no fucking idea. I know there's an orgy. I know there's masks. I know there's yeah. CGI to cover up nudity. And that they're like a couple who play sort of sex games or something and i think mm -hmm. lily sobieski's in it which is another reason i haven't seen it because i don't care for her but she's like a child i think she's like 12 in it or something yeah, like that she was the kid yeah so i would like to see it someday but sexy holiday spirit i can't think of anything he nailed it with batman returns <laughs> and i think silent night deadly night because that santa is hot that that killer he's really hot i thought it was the one in the second movie because i did touch talk about that at one point but i was wrong the guy in the second one is not as hot as that guy in the first one the guy in the first one is so hot he's so pretty hot. built yeah i rewatched that i, I rewatched the first one as part of my holiday viewing and it's like oh yeah i could believe he could manhandle all those people to death he was a it's a jacked dude. Yeah. No, since you mentioned four, did you watch three as well? I know we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Watched I watched, <laughs> I didn't fit. I didn't go mission accomplished. I didn't get all of them in, but I watched the original. Then I skipped to three, um, which was weird, but kind of boring. Like a lot of three is just a 
paint by numbers slasher movie, but not as exciting. I mean, it's got Bill Mosley. But isn't that scene so weird when he br- his arms come through the door? Yeah, and there's like no music. It's so weird. Yes, yes, that was uh, somebody uh, in a review on Letterbox too was saying like this movie for some reason doesn't have a score through most of it, and it desperately needs one to like build yeah. some tension. Um, but then I jumped to four, and four was like shockingly. Uh, I discovered that Silent Night, Deadly Night four was directed by Brian Usna, who directed Society. Oh. Uh, and a lot of the special effects and plot of Silent Night, Deadly Night 4 was stuff that they didn't get to use in Society. It was leftover gags and ideas that they worked into that movie somehow. So Interesting. It, feels, it feels like a sequel to Society and not a Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, okay. follow-up. But yeah, no. I, I do think going off uh, Batman Returns again, I think what I said was it's the best Batman movie because I feel that it's the greatest Batman movie. And I know that will ruffle tons of feathers. So at me, <laughs> all of you comic book nerds, come at me. It's the best Batman movie ever made. And Michelle Pfeiffer, that was like, I felt things that I didn't understand as a little boy. When I saw her in the costume where I was like, I don't know what's happening, but I that's like amazing. watching this. So that's my sexy ho- holiday spirit. Yeah. Okay. But Russell, thank you so much for writing in. I think for the very first time, we appreciate that. And follow him on Instagram. It's all one word, Russell Boyle Art. That's R-U-S-S-E-L-L-B-O-Y-L-E-A-R-T. And he does some amazing, uh, amazing fucking stuff. So check it out. Buy his work. Follow him. All all the things. So, Jeremy. Mm. We've watched so many movies. What's the best way for us to do this? Because I don't want this episode to be like a hundred minutes long. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Should we just should we just move on to our? Do we want to give highlights? Do we even want to talk about that, or do we just? Yeah, move let's on to our... literally do highlights. Okay, literally highlights. Let me jump to my letterboxed. Oh yeah, I got very aggressive in this. In the last month of the year, through all of December, I've decided on letterboxed. I'm going to diary everything i watch even stuff i rewatch. so yeah um, i feel like you should so i watched a lot of or movies rather that's what i do that's not what you should do that's how i do it and i think that's great yeah so let's see highlights i talked about the silent night deadly nights um let's see if there's anything else worth noting um i did rewatch 28 days later mm. which i'd not seen since like uh, over a decade or more uh, I think it holds up. Still a fantastic. It's a zombie movie. I'm sorry, people. Yeah, they're infected with a virus and they're not actually the undead, but whatever. It's a zombie movie functionally. Uh, still solid. Quick question. Uh, Every time I see it on one of my compilation uh, top 10 things on what culture, horror or whatever, it always looks horrible. Like the clips they use look mm-hmm. bad. Is the quality bad? Yes. Okay. For your modern eye, yes, because okay. it was kind of experimentally filmed where uh, uh, Danny Boyle shot it on mini DV, oh. which, at the t- which at the time was the like for television, uh, especially like news and all that mm-hmm. uh, television broadcast uh, mini DV was like the go to format for at the time it was made. So he wanted to do it quick and on this digital video, mini DV does not look good. Uh, in HD or reproduced, it's hard to upgrade into HD. So yeah, it's always going to look kind of like gritty and weird now to our eyes that are trained to see things in, you know, 4K now. Um, Let's see. I also watched Black Christmas, the OG Black Christmas, um, which is just, 
I hadn't seen it in a long time. And I was like, you know, this is like one of the greatest horror movies ever made. Just so period. It's so fucking good. So creepy. Uh, it's up there with Halloween. Yeah. Let's see. New Year's Evil, I mentioned. One of my all-time favorites. It, and it's just, I just found myself cracking up watching it again. There's just so much weird badness about the movie that uh, I enjoy it every time. I did check out, not, yeah, I guess it's pretty tangential, but I feel like, Fans of the weird shit we like would also be interested in the new Matrix movie, mm. uh, which I did check out and is it a total mind fuck, uh, I felt. Uh, so, you know. I mean, par for the that, course, right? Yeah. So if you're into that sort of thing, I think check it out. I see it's a divisive. Speaking of divisive movies, it's getting a very divisive reaction. I thought it was good, uh, you know, and, and props to uh, uh, Lana Wachowski. It, it feels like a deeply personal movie and she did what she wanted to do as opposed to like what fans wanted from a movie. And uh, I respect that immensely. So I wanted to give that a shout out. Uh, and that's really it. I think those are the big highlights. Okay. Well, that's fun. Uh, lightning around here. I watch antlers. Meh. My heart can't beat unless you tell it to, which is so good. It's on shutter. St. Maud which I also loved. Heard good things about that. Yes. Malignant slacks with two X's. How was that? How was that? So fun. It's a lot okay. of fun. I really liked it. The Power. Okay, I watch a lot of things on Shudder. The Power, which I also very much enjoyed. Werewolves Within, which was fine. I prefer Wolf of Snow Hollow. Uh, Lake Placid in honor of Betty White, because I've mm -hmm. never seen it before. And it's kind of boring. But the effects mm. are surprisingly good for it being like a 90s horror movie. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, remembered it being like a fun monster movie, but I have not seen it in so long, so. Yeah, and then I watched last night, There's Someone Inside Your House, which is on Netflix, and I mm. liked it. Cool. Didn't love it, but I liked it. Mm. Yeah, it's Wonderful. It's fine. It's Fear Street's better, but it has a similar sort of vibe. Cool. Scream meets Fear Street, so yes. All right, so Jeremy, because of our vacations and all that with the holidays, we just told each other what movies we're gonna assign to each other. So we're not gonna take a little break, but you assign me mine first. Yes. You go first. What did I you give me? I assigned you the Phantom Carriage uh, from Sweden, uh, directed by Victor Jostrom. It is now, just over a hundred years old. It yes. came out in 1921 uh, and is set on, well, I'll read the letterbox description here. It's New Year's Eve. Three drunkards evoke a legend. The legend tells that the last person to die in a year, if he is a great sinner, will have to drive during the whole year the phantom chariot that picks up the souls of the dead. That uh, is that's, it. That's, that's it, but also not it, because this is a shockingly complex movie. Okay. Every time I rewatch it, like I feel like the plot. You know what? Go ahead. Give me your impressions before. Well, I I've never it. seen it because I had never heard of it before. You mentioned it last New Year's like yeah. episode. Like you mentioned that you watch it every New Year's. And and also, you know, me and silent movies, you've given me every silent movie I've ever watched. So yeah. I that's another reason I have not seen it. Uh, and then, like, after you had talked about it before, I'd seen on, like, Twitter some, like, comparisons to The Shining. And as, like, mm. this movie's going along, I'm like, I don't see the comparison. And then you get to 
the one particular scene and you're like, oh, 100% The Shining. And I've watched many like comparisons of the two. And -hmm. it's less the bathroom scene and more when he's coming into the apartment, the initial scene. Because there's like the way she picks up Danny even and the the way he reaches in the door. Like it's so, like it has to be an homage to that. Like it just has to. Absolutely. Okay. And then I also watched another video where it sort of, like said all these other influences that the phantom carriage has had on film. And so a couple of them, like, I just don't know that this is the case. And I guess how could I tell with a hundred years of movies, but one of them is like, like when there's like a body laying and like another, like the, the spirit sort of rises up like they do in the phantom carriage. They sort of said that this is, directly from the phantom carriage like maybe it was the first time it was done and it's been used time and time again because you do see that all the time but i'm like yeah well it's been done so much how can you say the phantom carriage started that but like i don't know maybe it did yeah it might have and the other one was sort of when they're walking into like a doorway and coming through on the other side as like spirits and they're Mm -hmm. sort of like walking through the walls and how that has been done time and time again and once more i'm like well how can you say the phantom carriage like if if the phantom carriage wouldn't have done it that it wouldn't have been done but who's to say who's to say yeah it, this is the oldest movie we know of that has those things in it so um yeah. so it feels like a like a a christmas carol for new year's eve Oh, absolutely. Uh, I was going to refer to this as a New Year's Carol. (laughs) And I thought it was going to be a much darker version. And then it sort of doesn't end up necessarily being that without being too spoilery. Like, I I thought it was going to be... Because what is it? Did you say it's German? Swedish. Swedish. So I don't know Swedish films from you know a hole in the ground or whatever that saying is yeah so like i don't know if they're like dark and depressing but like i I definitely often okay because i thought that that's where i thought this was going to be like ultimately like very depressing Mm -hmm. and and then it sort of has that christmas carol sort of it's a wonderful life sort of vibe sure um but I, i enjoyed it what i really i watched the the version on youtube which is the cut from the criterion collection so it's yeah. gorgeous a gorgeous that's the print. way that's the way to watch it is and they did this amazing restoration yes of it. it looks so good and i watched read the little thing at the end about how they sort of did the restoration mm-hmm. which you know if you're into that sort of thing i'm sure it makes a lot more sense than to sort of a a nobody like me but it still it looked fantastic and i liked i really liked how because I'd asked you about this before when I seen a picture of the phantom carriage, like last year, I'm like, is it sort of in color? Because mm-hmm. the scene I'd seen or the, the picture I had seen was like a bluish yeah. tint to it. And so I liked when they were outside that it was like that and, and everything. So and I found it interesting and I know I sort of had, I don't know if complained or bitched what the right word is when we had gone to see, I believe the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, that there's these long segments where people are talking and then you're not getting the dialogue of what they're saying. And that sort of bothered me. And now I sort of realized that's sort of what these films, what a lot of silent films are. It's like, they'll they'll give you the, the important stuff. And otherwise it's sort of like watching a foreign film without subtitles. You sort of gather what they're saying from their body language and their acting. And, mm-hmm. and I was more okay with it now that I've sat with that after having complained slash bitch about that with Dr. Caligari. Yeah. And these actors too. And it's always so weird to think, man, it's been a hundred years, but the, 
it's the filmmaking doesn't necessarily change all that much. Like, cause this movie, like I said, plot wise, I'm always struck by it's a hundred year old movie yet. This is a non-linear narrative. It jumps forward in time. It jumps backward in time. It has flashbacks. It has flashbacks within flashbacks in the stories. It's got people telling stories. Then it shows you the visualization of the story. Like it's a bunch of stuff that you're like, man, I expect like a Quentin Tarantino movie to do this, but I didn't think they were doing this kind of thing a hundred years ago at like the birth of film, but they were. So you know what? We really, what have we innovated in modern time? Like movies have been the same forever. Um, And the actors are just so good too. I'm always struck at how good good these performances are for, you know, I could, I would say you could drop some of these people into a modern movie and you'd be like great actor. Like they, they understand the assignment as they say. So. And that comparison video I watched, they also showed the wife with her arm, with her hands, like going towards like the dying girl's throat. And they showed like the Lon Chaney Dracula. Is that the, mm-hmm. the main one or Bella Lugosi? What's, oh, Bella like, Lugosi. Bella, Bella Lugosi. Lugosi. And they compared the scene of him going towards Lucy or whatever girl it is. Yeah. Towards her throat. And it really looks exactly like the same yeah. thing happening, which was kind of interesting. But I bet this movie blew fucking people's minds when it came out. Like, it, it, yeah, it had the to effects have... and stuff. Like, I'm like, how how did you know how to do that 100 years ago? And uh, here's, I guess it's hearsay because, you know, these stories always come from people like, this guy once told me, you know, X. Uh, and that is that uh, Ingmar Bergman, you know, the immensely famous Swedish director, this is the movie that inspired him to become a director. He says, it, it's either the seventh seal. Yes, he did the okay. seventh seal. Um, and then jumping forward to the seventh seal, uh, I mean, it, it features death as a main character, also as a robed figure, which is clearly inspired by, has to be inspired by this movie if he was such a big fan of it. And Victor Jostrom, the director of Phantom Carriage, also played David Holm, the uh, the lead. Um, he starred in a few of Ingmar Bergman's uh, movies later in life. So uh, there was a great, friendship that started there and also it is said that this was stanley kubrick's favorite movie too people have claimed so there you go this is why i was reading about the shining and then i read somewhere that another one of his movies features a scene that and i now i can't remember which movie it was but another one has a scene similar to an effect from this movie um maybe it was in clockwork orange or something where there's a scene that's staged similar to something from this so There was a lot, and I know this is like probably a product of the time and maybe even of the culture, but there was a lot of people being told that like, you're doing wrong because of this guy, as opposed to taking ownership for your own actions. Yeah. (laughs) Like there's a lot of that, like blame on this guy, as opposed to you are running your own life here. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's a little bit of an old school, like moral code of like, well, you handed him the drink, like, therefore you're a corrupting influence. You're bad. <laughs> Instead of being like, you know, the guy made his own choices to become a drunk. And Yeah. And not uh, to say someone can't be a ba- bad influence, because of course, a hundred percent people can be bad influences. Yes. And often are when it comes to nefarious behaviors. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I thought that there were some gorgeous scenes. It didn't, for it being as long as it was, it wasn't one of these like 50 minute short films or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, like hour long silent films. I still felt it, it moved along fairly well. Although I think I could have done without part one, part two, part three, part four. Yeah. I think it could have just been it's what it Thing did without that. Fine. Absolutely. 
I also, you know, I wanted to read this off of Wikipedia because there's this great little blurb on here describing the movie. Cause I feel like some people might watch this and really wonder, does it truly fall into the horror category? You know? And again, like we say, we pick what we want to watch guys. Whether <laughs> I do what I want. Yeah. Whether it's explicitly a horror movie or not, but Wikipedia has this chunk here that says it has been char characterized as belonging to several genres. It has been called a morality tale a melodrama, a fantasy film, and a horror film. It is sometimes considered one of the first horror films due to its atmosphere and its impact on later entries in the genre. The film is generally considered to be one of the central works in the history of Swedish cinema. So pretty much like if you look at Swedish movie history, like everybody talks about this movie. And even with horror, I was struck this time watching it because I've seen this a few times now. Uh, and on this rewatch, uh, I went on Google and I was trying to find if Ari Aster has ever referenced this movie, like in an interview or uh, Robert Eggers is another one I was thinking about where mm -hmm. uh, this feels like it speaks to what their work is, where they are really movies about human drama, what they like to make that have horrors kind of tangential. You know, it's it's got the trappings of a horror movie, but it's really about like a family unit and the, the human drama within because this is a movie that has. The phantom carriage is just kind of part of the story, but what it's really about is this guy's battle with alcoholism and his personal demons and what it's done to his family and his life. So I, I found that, again, another thing that feels kind of modernistic, but people have been making movies that way for 100 years, apparently. So Yeah, but there's ghosts in it. Like, I think it fits yeah, into the and horror it's got, genre. Yeah, it's got ghosts, so horror. And it's like, it made me think of Hereditary, actually, in a way where I was like, you know, that's... A horror movie with demons but it's really about this family unit and the stresses mm -hmm. and drama of that family unit poor kids poor kids yeah. and why does the grim reaper slash the 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 carriage driver why why like a sickle or a scythe or whatever like what do they do with that thing i believe the imagery i was looking that up too i went online and i was like okay what's the origin of the grim reaper because i know it's got to be ancient like the imagery of the hooded figure holding the scythe that's got to be ancient. I know it's medieval artwork, at least. I believe the scythe, because that's the, that's a farmer's tool for uh, reaping the crop. Mm -hmm. uh, so I believe it's the idea of reaping souls. He's coming through and he's ah. collecting them for the harvest, harvesting souls. So okay, that's where I think that imagery comes from. So and, and if you don't want to come, he'll just pull you along with that stuff. Yeah, and it looks scary. It does. But yeah, I thought it it's it's a good little flick. And like I said, you can watch it on YouTube, the best version of it. So yeah, it's out there, man. Um, so yeah, let's uh out of um out of five carriages, how many do you give it? Phantom carriages. I'm gonna give it four. I was thought I was gonna give it three and a half, but I mean it really is I, I think it's a very good film. Uh, and it, I think that it could benefit from a rewatch and yeah, I liked it. So I'm going to say four carriages. How about you? I know what you gave it. Five. Giving it a five. Scare of approval. Did you watch this in film school? Uh, actually, no. This this came up because um, we we've we've studied Nosferatu. We studied Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and some of the other like German expressionist stuff. Uh, this was a movie I found out as I was considering myself a cinephile and discovering like the criterion collection i i just the blogs and stuff i followed everyone started saying you haven't seen the can of phantom carriage that's like the best movie ever made that nobody talks about uh and criterion put it out 
watch it. So I bought the Blu-ray, watched it, and was like totally blown away by it. Like uh, I'd say five years ago or so, something like that. Uh, and I've been singing his praises ever since. So, and especially if you're sick and tired of a Christmas Carol, which who the fuck isn't? This mm -hmm. is a great re sort of telling of it that does its own thing and highly recommend it. Yeah. And I think New Year's is a, I found myself saying this to my wife on New Year's where I'm like, I do rather enjoy New Year's Eve as a holiday because it feels like low pressure Christmas where it's just like you get to hang out with people and have a good time, but there's no presence. No, there's no pressure of anything. It's just fun and it can be whatever you want it to be. And I'm like, I feel like it's the forgotten holiday, but I truly enjoy New Year's Eve. So to have this movie about it is great. This yeah. great piece of art to go with it is fantastic. Heck yes. All right, moving along to 2021, 100 years later, mm -hmm. is Malignant, directed by James Juan. It's not Juan, like J-U-A-N, it's W-A-N, James Juan. And the tagline is, a new vision of terror. And the letterbox summary is, Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders, and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are in fact terrifying realities. Go. Let me just say, this movie, man, mwah. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Isn't it so fucking wild? It's so fucking wild and bonkers. And even, let me tell you this, the movie was pretty much spoiled for me by the internet. Ah. It's great. Just, <laughs> it was already spoiled, but I didn't care because the reveal, the journey was amazing to and, watch and this movie. there are a few twists in it. Yes. Maybe not a few, but there's a couple of twists. And there's several twists. I definitely, I wonder what I would have thought if I would have gone to see it in the theater's opening weekend, because I think what helped me like it so much was reading all these people say like, this is bonkers. This is a ton of fun. This is sort of a throwback to nineties horror. This is like, just like everything in the kitchen sink. Like those sorts of comments helped me go in knowing what to expect, which helped me out with it. And it's so fucking stylish. That's what I love. Oh like God. the and aesthetic that, was amazing. That music, that theme song in particular that just keeps popping up, that's sort of synthy and there's sort of Carl over it. Like it's yeah. just so good. I love it. And the it, character it, design, when you kept seeing the figure with the long hair and the the trench coat on running around, I'm like- Very giallo. Yes, so giallo. It looks like it demented the crow. Uh, running yes. around killing people that's it's just cool guys and oof, the last like half hour the last half hour when the action just ramps up to the nth degree uh, yes it gets so crazy it's like, like kind of turns into the matrix at one point <laughs> yes and all of that stuff elicited a lot of huh, cool for me like every time something happened that i'm like that's the mark of true approval there if you can get me to just say out loud that was cool like yeah, you won. And the cinematography is beautiful. Like, I love that shot when it's like above her in the house and she's like going through the house. It's just it, like gorgeous. And again, another movie, it evoked hereditary in that uh, it reminded me of when they're in the house and he does these yes. panning shots through the walls. This though was from above through the ceilings. Um, I was like, he must have been, James must have been studying Ari Aster's uh, cinematography and took some notes there. 
And I've heard um, complaints about the script and how cheesy it is, but I think it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be overly schmaltzy. I think it's supposed to be just silly. I I, I don't think it's supposed to be good. And I'm okay yeah. with that. And let's get serious, people. Like, horror is a genre built on cheese. So, you know, <laughs> where are you coming from saying that that's a bad thing? You know, that that's just, it helps. Um, and yeah, this was totally a flick where I'm like, Okay, so he watched a lot of Argento uh, Giallo movies, and then I looked it up, and it's like, yep, he specifically was like focused on uh, what was it like Phenomenon, Tenebra, and like another one uh, as inspiration for this movie. And I was like, oh yeah, it's just some delicious Giallo action going on with a absolutely almost Cronenbergian. Like he just stopped short of going like oh no actually i feel like he went full cronenberg <laughs> this is straight up like if you you mashed together cronenberg with dario argento this is malignant but less pretentious and more just fun yeah less pretentious more focus on action uh and just being wild i also think there was something that added to that sort of 90s feel in regards to like i'm not saying these are unknown actors but like the only actor i knew was mckenna grace who plays the younger version of her like mm -hmm. all the other actors i have no idea who they are and i think that there's something cool to him using less lesser known yeah. actors in it that's sort of like who are these people yeah and it, it, again it's one of those things that helps with as i said before with suspension of disbelief where you can just buy the reality because you're not like oh tom cruise is right in front of me like you don't yeah. know who these people are so you're like oh, i buy this world i'm in it with them but i watch it with joe because i told him how good it was he has read some of these reviews are like this is bonkers it's crazy it's fun and he was like yeah didn't like it <laughs> i'm like i don't understand you i'll never figure you out yeah it was just insane man i loved it well good i mean there i we've said it all we've said it all like what else <laughs> is there to say about it like it's you know it's this is like a if it, it, it feels like a campfire story come to life like this is totally the kernel of it is some urban legend i mean it's uh what's it called look up edward Mordrake. Uh, on the internet and just read the story of that. It's a famous, technically it's an urban legend from like the early 20th century, maybe even back to the 1800s. Uh, that was like, allegedly this man, you know, had this certain affliction and this happened and people have accepted it as fact sometimes, but it's like, no, it's a made up story, a campfire story that has grown beyond it's, you know, just simple uh, spooky tellings, so. It but is. The, instead of the a campfire that's normal with fire and wood, it's like neon pinks and blue yes. lights <laughs> as the yeah. campfire. That's what it sort of feels like. Like yep, I love with, the colors in it. It's just bathed with in. radio static in the yes. background constantly. So and my, this was the start of when I stopped watching trailers, but I watched about half of it, and I was like, oh, I've seen this movie a million times. The imaginary, like the sort of fucked up drop dead Fred. Like I thought. Mm -hmm. for sure i knew what it was and you kind of may go into it knowing exactly what it is but that it's still like it it has a lot of fun so mm -hmm. and hopefully you do too and not everyone does it's definitely a divisive film people either love it or hate it yes that's pretty much where you fall although i think teacher drew reviewed it i think he was sort of right in the middle so <laughs> wait 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 i can look right now oh he really liked it so. oh, okay well good deal teacher drew all right, well, out of uh, five 
I don't know what you call. I, I used to work in a medical bookstore. I should remember the 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 spear with the snakes through it. That medical caduceus. <laughs> caduceus out of five. Caduceus. 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 Right. Out of five bloody caduceus, or whatever. How many? Caduceus. How many? I give it. I give it a solid four. I give it four and a half because I, nice. I fucking loved it. I smiled so much throughout it. Yeah, I was just like, this is insane. Awesome. <laughs> Bring it. Yes. Yes. Loved it. It was fun. Uh, and that's two scares of approval. Scare of approval. Yes. Scares of approval. We're starting the year strong. Double fisted scare of approval. Hell yeah. Check them out. Check both these movies out. And I'm just going to say it now. I mean, I know I have COVID now, so I should, but I should be fine because I've been sick for a week. But Mm -hmm. the plan is next week to go see Scream. Scream. Not Scream 5. Scream. Scream. Together. And that will be our episode next week. So Very special uh, episode that we're going to be getting an episode out like on technically the release day of a movie. So we're going to be very topical. Yes, I probably won't edit it because I won't have time. <laughs> yeah. So it's just going to be raw rough, audio. rough, raw, just the way we like it. So Yeah, yeah. so that's it. I did want to say with Malignant, you know, check it out. And if you're those people that hate it, I just want to say that you have no fucking joy in your life. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, you know, you just don't like fun things. That's probably why. Oh. At me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the nice one. He's the mean one. I'm, we're switching it up 2022 i'm gonna be the oh what i've been the mean one is what you're saying rude yes fuck you <laughs> see i knew it no i'm gonna be the super critical one <laughs> i'm calling it well welcome to 2022 we're glad you're here with us thank you for listening hail Paymon. yeah always remember guys that evil dies tonight <laughs> that's true I just saw a t-shirt of that online and I was like, I need to buy that. (laughs) And we need to cut the tumor. What did she say? Oh, time to cut the cancer out. Time to cut the cancer out. Yes. Uh, As always, guys, keep watching those scary movies, sharing the scares, talking about them, writing to us. Yes. Scaring and sharing at gmail.com or follow us and write us on the Insta. Maybe someday watching them with us too. I don't know. I keep thinking I should go on the discord planet ant has and do some screenings or something maybe for 2022 guys that might happen goals 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 goals. well thank you so much and we will see you next week for scream till next time keep it creepy bye This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.